We, uh, we have Zoom on tonight because we forgot to say on Sunday that we're not going to be doing Zoom at all this month. Um, that is not uh, to limit anybody. That is just to say because of the nature of what we're doing, we don't want to have anything to distract us. If the Lord needs to move in, in a way, uh, he wants us to literally start running around the church. We're not going to we're not going to need to worry about a tripod in the middle of the sanctuary. And uh, if the Lord wants to move a certain way, and, you know, either in word or spirit ministry, however, uh, that uh, a Zoom situation is not going to be conducive. So we're not going to be doing Zoom. So this will be the last uh, service in February that we'll be doing Zoom. This is also an encouragement to everyone. And I don't even know if anybody's on. Anybody on tonight? Okay, there's a few people on tonight. Uh, it's an encouragement. Everybody's on. Come to the house of the Lord. Amen. Come out to the house of the Lord. Amen. The Lord Amen. will protect you. Yes. Amen. He knows it's wintertime. Yes. Okay? The Lord will protect you. Amen. He knows there's COVID out there. The Lord will protect you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're, we're wanting to promote... The idea of togetherness. Amen. Just like last time, we're wanting to increase the spirit of unity in the Cumberland Church. We're wanting to gain better vision, better fuller vision of what God wants for the church and for your families and for your individual ministries. Amen? Mm. Amen. Praise God. So we are going to push in the spirit. Amen? We already said it a few minutes ago. P-U-S-H. Push. Until something happens. We're going to push you by the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's going to be probably uncomfortable at times. It doesn't have to be. Right. See, if I'm already running in front of you, you don't have to push me. Right. I don't want to be fast as this. But if I can manage to keep in front of you, you don't have to push me. Mm -hmm. Just move. Right. Move as, as the Spirit moves. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we, we want to just really lay almost a heavy hand. Come to the house of God. Okay, come here with us. Be here with us in person. I, I, I know technology has allowed us to, you know, to do what we're doing. And I know we can use the biblical uh, scripture that Paul said, I'm with you in spirit. But you got to remember, Paul was across the, what was it, Aegean Sea? Or was it Adriatic? No, I think it would have been the Aegean Sea. He was across the sea from where he was writing to. He, you can't just hop back and forth in those days. Now, nowadays, we can just hop on a plane and be almost anywhere in the United States within just a matter of a couple of hours. We can even be over in Europe, not, not too many hours. Right. right? We can be down in South America in five or six hours. Right. You know, but back in those days, of course, that wasn't the way. And uh, we, we still can't just hop in our cars and, and go to church down in South Carolina, right? So because of that, we thank God for the technology. But we do believe there's going to come a day that even this is going to be regulated. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. What are we going to do then? Mm. We're going to have to have a spiritual Holy Ghost network like we've never had before. Right. Mm -hmm. Times like we're going through right now are to help us to get that network. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of things that are rolling through my spirit here tonight, and um, I'm probably going to shotgun it, but I'll probably be doing that all month long. Mm -hmm. And having said that, I don't want it to be a Marcus Warren show. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to come in here and wait for the show. Amen? Amen? Come in here with expectation. Come in. This is, this is a lot of the things that we're going to be doing is the same as last time, but we don't want to make a habit out of anything. Right. We want to be completely free. Mm. Okay? Don't think that there's going to be a word coming at the end of the service or in the latter half of the, of the service. We, let's stop thinking that. It might be all word. It might be all prayer. It might be all ministry. And more than likely, every time we get together is going to be a smorgasbord of all of it mixed up, jumbled up, and it's going to be crazy at times. We want it to be. We want it to be. We want to get out of our comfort zones. Amen. We, you know, we, we don't necessarily have to call it one thing or another, but instead of calling it a reset, we did that last time, we're going to call it a recharge. So I want you to turn. 
to Isaiah 60, uh, 11, not 61, but rather 11. Isaiah 11. We're going to spend a few minutes here just praying. In a few minutes. But we, we want to just lay some things down before we even start this. When we come in, we're, to, we're, we're asking people as nice as I can, as nice as I can, come to the house of God. Amen. Come on time. Tonight we all showed up at 6.30 because that's what we do on Wednesdays. Because I forgot to say, we're not necessarily having to come at 6.30 because a lot of what we're going to be doing this month is prayer. So we don't necessarily need a pre-service prayer in order to go into prayer. But do come expecting. Amen. Expecting to hear from God. Amen. Expecting to be used by God to minister. Now I say that, and I say that, and I say that, and I say that. And the more I say it, it seems like the more people are like, well, I don't know how to do that. You do it by doing it. You do it by releasing. You do it by giving up. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to do it. If the Lord wants to use you in a gift, do it. Stop being afraid and do it. This is for the body. This is not for you. Stop being selfish, in other words. Okay? If you have an ailment in your body, come to the house of God and ask for prayer. It's selfish and disobedient not to. And here's the uh, logic behind that. If you're, not, if you're feeling so bad that you can't even uh, operate to come out to the house of God, then you're not going to be ministering to anybody else. So you need healing. You need the healing that's going to come through forgiveness and obedience in order for you to start ministering to someone else. It's actually selfish not to operate in the things of the Spirit. We're talking about a body move here. And I'm, I'm looking at your faces and some of you are excited and some of you are like, where is he going with this? Listen, I'm going to hurt some feelings here, but it's really not me, it's the Lord. If you're not careful, you can walk away with a fence. Mm -hmm. Don't walk away with a fence, folks. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? We're living in the end times is what we're doing. The Lord knows that. Yeah. This is what he's saying to us. We're not operating in religion anymore. We want to push on. We are going to go ahead and plan to not have any music at all. Unless the Lord specifically tells us to have music. There may be a time I might pick up a guitar. There may be a time that I'll have just Sister Esther come up. There might be a time where it'll be just... Uh, Sister Amber and myself, we don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. We're not even going to plan to preach. I'm not going to study for a single lesson or message. I'm not expecting any of you to, but the Lord will have some of you come in here with a word. A word by the Spirit. A word in season, right? He's expecting you to give it. So come in here expecting to be used in the gifts, used in ministry. Do not be afraid to get on your face on the ground in repentance when we walk into this place. Do not be afraid to get up, walk to someone, and lay your hands on them and speak to them what thus saith the Lord. Pray for them for the healing or deliverance or whatever that the Lord is telling you that they need prayer for. We are a body. Amen. We don't have to just do this during these times, but what happens is... We, uh, we, we get into a normal routine, and it's happened again. We get into a normal routine, and those things start backing off. Mm. Why? Because religion keeps setting in. So we are going to displace the spirit of religion Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we want, and we're asking, and we're instructing, we're telling, how whatever we need to do, do this with us. If you're part of the Cumberland Church, if you're part of this body, do this with us. Amen. Because it can't be done in halfway measures. That's right. Isaiah 11. There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. I don't need to explain to any of you here tonight, we're talking about Jesus. Mm. We're talking about Jesus. But we have the Holy Ghost. We are baptized in the name of Jesus. 
in baptism, we have put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have received in us the Spirit of Christ. Right? We are called the temple of the Holy Ghost. The place where God lives. He dwells. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was gold. Right? But mm -hmm. really, at the core of it was wood. Right? Right. At the core of that Ark was wood. But it had an overlay of gold. But because it was a box, you can look at it as gold inlaid and overlaid. So if you took a, took a cross section of that arc, if someone was able to take some sort of a sawzall and just slice down the side of that arc, you would see a layer of gold, wood, gold. Right? Mm -hmm. Flesh, humanity, wood, corruptible, gnarly flesh on the inside. Uh, or, or in the very middle, but on the very inside of us, we're filled with the Word of God, right? Amen. We're filled with the provision of God, the manna from heaven, that bread, right? We're also filled with the budded rod, the fruitfulness of the Holy Ghost, right? That's all in us, what we need to live. Peter tells us that we have received all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Life and Godliness. If you're having a problem with life, you've already got life in you. If you've got the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. If you're having a problem with godliness, you already have His godliness and righteousness in you. The fruit uh, of the Spirit says that we have godliness growing from us. Right? Galatians chapter 5. Everybody with me? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm going to scatter shot here because this is, this is how it happens when you're led by the Spirit with no notes. Okay, we're going to stick with Isaiah chapter 11 for a few minutes here, and then we're going to pray again. But back to that Ark of the Covenant, inside we're filled with the Holy Ghost, right? But also, according to the Word of God, when we're baptized, we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have the Lord on the outside, we have the Lord on the inside, so that our flesh is completely covered. Well, if you look into my heart, you should see Jesus. If you look on my outward appearance, you should see Jesus. You should never really be seeing my flesh. The only time we, you, you're going to see my flesh, of course, is when I am out of the Spirit. Right. And that works for you too. Whenever we're operating in fear, whenever we're operating in shame, offense, or bitterness, worry, doubt, whenever we're operating in a spirit of envy, whenever we're operating in a spirit of rebellion or you know just I'm going to cast off all restraint you know and I'll have enough time to talk ca about ca casting off constraint tonight maybe we'll get into that soon enough but we're, we're not here to cast off constraint folks we're here to conform we're here to be transformed we're here to submit like we said last night submission is not real submission until you come up to a place where you don't want to do it mm. Where you have an essential disagreement with your authority, that you know if you're submitted, if you obey in it. Mm. When we stand up and say, oh, I don't have to do anything, you know, that I don't, you know, I know this, that, and the other, and we can all have our different attitudes, our rebellious New England Yankee spirits that say, no one's going to rule over me. Well, if no one's going to rule over you, that means God Almighty will not rule over you. We cannot afford that if we're going to make it. Right. To live with Jesus one day because he's going to rule over us for eternity. Right. So how do we get rid of operating in all these spirits? By receiving the sevenfold spirit of God. Mm. So, well, this is Jesus. Well, we're filled up with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we put on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we are invited in Ephesians chapter 2 to sit with him in heavenly places. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Back to Isaiah here, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of the Lord rests inside of us. In fact, another place in this book, chapter 28, it says it is the Spirit of rest and refreshing, right? Mm -hmm. It is the rest. That, that, that manner of operating in that prayer language, speaking in other tongues, right? Stammering lips in other tongues. This is the rest that he causes the weary to be rested in, right? Mm -hmm. 
Everybody with me? Yeah. It's the Sabbath of rest living inside us. So it says it shall rest or hover above, above him yeah. or on him. But it's also going to be in him. Mm -hmm. But we are joint heirs with Christ. We are not the Lord Jesus Christ, obviously. And I don't think I really need to say that. But I say that just because some people might start thinking that I'm proclaiming Godhood for myself and anybody else. Well, we don't get into that. But we are supposed to act like divine beings. Mm -hmm. How do we know? Jesus said, did not I say ye are God's? Quoting right out of Psalm 82. Uh -huh. If that doesn't uh, mess your theology up a little bit, you probably weren't listening close enough. But we're here to get messed up so that we can get straightened up. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus. Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now you'll, you'll notice here the way it's written in the King James, but also in the Hebrew, we'll see these couplets. We've got wisdom with understanding. We've got counsel with might. We've got knowledge with the fear of the Lord. And resting on top of all of it is the spirit of the Lord, the overarching spirit of the Lord. Spirit of sovereignty. The spirit of rulership. The spirit of authority. The spirit of lordship itself. What we're going to focus on here tonight is two parts of two different couplets. We're going to focus in on the fear of the Lord. We talked a little bit about that last night. And also the spirit of might. Okay? Before we go into that, I mean, all of these are good, like understanding, <coughs> wisdom, and knowledge. These are, this is the realm of revelation. Knowledge is fact upon fact. That's what Isaiah 28 says. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Right? Yes. It's mm -hmm. just building blocks. Mm -hmm. Now, what he says is precept. Precept. Uh, what's a precept? It's it's not the same word. What's that? A precept, it's... <laughs> it is kind of an idea, but it's more than an idea. It, it is a building block. It's, it's a concept. Precept is a little bit different. Con means with pre, uh, pre or per means thoroughly in, in the Latin. Now that's how we let's how, how we define it in English. What does it actually mean in the Hebrew? Is it's kind of like stone upon stone. Mm. You know, uh, we, we we put this line of stones on this line of stones, but the line of stones are made up of stones, right? And so we're, we're building, we're, we're, laying, we're laying a foundation, and then we're laying stones on the foundation, and we're sticking them together. That's the whole idea of what we're doing every other Tuesday night with brick and mortar. Uh, if you're wondering, I'm the brick, he's the mortar, okay? So uh, you can just call me brick from now on anyway. But, uh, no, you know, don't call me brick, just because I have a red shirt. But... Uh, that's the idea, though. We're, we're coming together. Now, when we're talking about uh, a different word altogether in English, perception, a lot of times we, when we think about things like wisdom and understanding and knowledge, we think about the word discernment. Often I've heard people say, oh, Lord God, give me more discernment. Well, there's a difference here. Discernment is separation and dividing and determining. That's what discern means, okay? It means to separate, to determine, to divide something. You're breaking it up. Kind of like analysis. Mm -hmm. Kind of like criticism. You're cutting things up into smaller parts so you can examine them. Hey, that's useful in many cases. It's useful to get down to the baser parts of things to, to start finding out how it all works together on its smaller levels. That, that, that's fine. That's great. But what we're talking about tonight, uh, tonight is not so much discernment we're talking about more of a perception of God. We need greater perception. What, is, what does perception mean? Well, it's kind of like conception and reception. Or in others, you can perceive things, you can receive things, you can conceive things, and you can also deceive things too. Mm. The word sieve comes from the, uh, a Latin word that means take. Forgive the English lesson, okay, or the Latin lesson, whatever you want to think of it as. 
But deceived there, that part of those words, it means to take. So if I'm deceiving you, I'm taking from you. Truth. Mm-hmm. Everybody with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, I saw a couple of you yawning there for a minute. I'm, I'm losing you. We're going to pray in just a minute to try to wake you up. And I'll yell loud enough to wake everybody up, all right? Amen. But that word "sieve" means to take. If you use the word, the prefix de on top of it, or in front of it, that means from or for. In that case, it means to take from. Conceive uh, means with, so it's take with. It's something that's going on with. Okay, if you're talking about receive, that means take again. You've given something to someone, and you're taking it again. Receive. Everybody with me? Mm-hmm. I know. This is exciting stuff. I get it. Deal with it. Uh, deal with it. Just for a minute. Now, what's perceive mean? Per means thoroughly. That means to take thoroughly. The Lord's been giving me that word a lot lately. Thorough. Be thorough. Don't worry about how much. I'm telling Tim this morning. I could have gone for another hour on Sunday. I, I probably, we were sitting here talking for a couple of hours. It was almost 10 o'clock before I even knew because I was giving Tim the uh, personal uh, lowdown on all the stuff that I could have said on Sunday. You know, is, is that highlighting myself? No, the word of the Lord is big. He wants us to know. He's talking right now to us. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. Open up your ears. Listen, you're going to get some good stuff. But, I, you know, I, we could have just kept going because the Lord said, be thorough. Be thorough. So I'm being very thorough tonight. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not trying to look at clocks right now. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So thorough. He says, precept is not the same as perception. I know it might sound a little, a little, a little similar in English, but a precept is a stone. But to thoroughly receive means to perceive. Uh, thoroughly to take it. So we're wanting greater perception. Come on, let's just lift our hands, Lord. Lord God, allow me to perceive you. To thoroughly receive you. Lord God, and not to deceive ourselves, Lord Jesus. Lord God, that when we're giving ourselves to you, Lord God, that we can conceive. Lord God, and bear new souls in the kingdom. Hallelujah, Lord God, let it all come together in the way that you desire for us, Almighty God. Praise Hallelujah, Lord God, we desire. Hallelujah, to not just get in this. Lord God, we're not just desiring a snack. We're not just desiring a tickle. We're not just desiring a a, a momentary thrill or just a momentary happiness. But Lord God, we're desiring the continuation of the giving of a total and thorough taking of the Holy Ghost so that we would have an insatiable hunger. Lord God, that we would be like rivers of living water. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, that it would flow from us, Lord God, that they would all not only fill us up and satisfy our longing, but Lord God, that they would flow from yes, us into our lives, into every life Hallelujah. around us, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. As I said just a few minutes ago, we're, we're focusing on two of these. We're focusing on two. Now, we're, we're asking God to, to fill us up and lay upon us and rest upon us the entire package of the sevenfold Spirit of God. I used to, not used to, I still do. Uh, I, every once in a while, not every service, but every once in a while at the beginning of service, usually during pre-service prayer, sometimes in my office, sometimes when I'm walking around here before church, uh, the Lord will just say, pray for the sevenfold Spirit of God. And so I would simply do it. Lord God, lay upon me tonight the sevenfold spirit of God. And there's never been a time that God has done that, that a higher level of anointing has not come forth. Praise God. So then why don't you do it every day? The Lord doesn't remind me to do it every day. And if I put it in my, in my notes every morning, okay, Lord, give me the sevenfold. You know, it's something that will become religious and will become flat and dead, and so that even when I begin to pray for it, I really stop praying in faith, and I pray it in routine, and then, then the power stops. Mm. So the Lord doesn't even allow me to remember 
was reading a passage today about Elijah, uh, Elisha rather, and Elisha said, the Lord hid it from my eyes. Mm -hmm. Even prophets get certain things hidden, so sometimes even the Lord will say, I'm just going to hide it from you because these are special things. But tonight, the Lord is not just putting this on the leadership level. He's inviting the entire congregation. And man, I wish there were more folks here tonight. I'm excited about this month. Amen. And I guess I just want everyone to be excited about this month too. Because the Lord's going to do some things. He's already told us it's either going to be break out or break down. Okay? He's already told us that on Sunday. So we're either going to have breakthrough or we're going to have a breach. That's really the same thing. If you're breaking through something, you're breaching it. But breakthrough is going to be a positive side of it, and the, the breach is going to be the negative side of it. Which one do you want? And it might happen both. There's some things that might, meet, might need to be breached into our life so that we can get some good stuff. Some doors might need to be kicked down in our hearts and minds in order for the Lord to deliver something to us. The Lord might stop just knocking on our hearts like in Revelation 3.20, and he might, he might start kicking down the door. Okay, but I want the Lord, if, if he has to be so rough with me that he kicks down the door, the Lord kick down the doors of my life. Praise God. And we, I just, I, I, I almost, just, I don't even know what the right word, I just so yearn for the whole church to get a hold of this. What we're doing here is not the ideas of man. Praise you, God. We're looking at the spirit of might. The spirit of might in Hebrew, that word might there does not just mean extra strength. Now, in English, to be strong is relative, all right? Uh, an ant is very strong in the insect world. Uh, for its size, it's one of the strongest creatures on the face of the planet, right? Uh, the Bible even instructs us in the book of Proverbs, look at the ant and see how it operates. And in fact, instructs us to go and take our little magnifying glasses out and uh, look at how ants operate. The Bible, you know, Solomon actually suggests doing it. Why? Watch how they work. Watch how they store up. Watch how they prepare their lives and learn some good things by an ant. Can an ant teach you good things? Well, apparently they can because God said they can. Right? Amen. Amen. An ant for its size is one of the most strong, the strong, one of the strongest creatures on the face of this planet. If it was the size of an elephant, it would be way stronger than an elephant. An elephant's pretty strong. But an elephant's strong because of its size. An ant is strong in spite of its size. But its strength is relative. I can come along, if an ant was my size, that ant would chew me up and spit me out. But because that ant is not my size, I can step on the ant. And I can destroy it. I can destroy a lot of ants in one blow, right? Yeah. Not a problem. It doesn't mean they're not strong, though. So strength is, is relative. The ant's still strong, but it's relative to its size. Uh -huh. Now, might is something different. Might is power in any situation. You know, might is power, okay? It's not just strength or something that's relative. It's something that's powerful on any scale. That's the reason why one of the names of God is El Shaddai, the Almighty, right? He's almighty. He's not just all strength. He's not called the, the all-strong one, right? He's called the Almighty. So every overarching power that there can be, what some people would call a maximally great being. Everybody with me? Yeah. He's maximally great. But even that is cheapening him because he doesn't have a maximum level. There is no maximum level to God. He's all the power there is. But there's something else in Hebrew. When we look at words like this in Hebrew, what we're finding out is the word might means dominion. It means mastery. The Lord's giving us a spirit of mastery. Come on, listen to me, folks. He's giving us and wanting us to pray for a spirit of mastery. What, what are we going to be masters of? Masters of your destiny. That doesn't mean you choose your destiny. That means you master the walk that he's laid before you. 
You take dominion over the world around you instead of letting the world take dominion over you. Come on, what did, what did Jesus do? If the weather was a problem, he took dominion over it. If the devil was a problem, he took dominion over it. If there wasn't enough, enough wine, he took dominion over it. But when he was in the wilderness and didn't have enough bread, he didn't just change stones to bread. But what he did was he took dominion over his own fleshly desires and said, now is not the time to transform stones into bread. I can do it. I can make manna fall from heaven. I can make the Red Sea part. But right now is not the time because my flesh needs to get in order. That's mastery, folks. When you can do a thing and you don't do a thing, when God says, don't do that thing. That is mastery. We're talking about dominion over your life. Well, not outside of God. He's got dominion over us, and we take dominion in what He has given us, the life He has given us. This is what we're talking about when we're praying for the Spirit of life. We're not just praying, Lord God, make me strong, because the joy of the Holy Ghost is our strength. We should have the joy of the Holy Ghost bubbling up inside us. Just because we have the Holy Ghost, we should have strength because we have joy. And we rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. Do you understand how redundant Paul is being when he says rejoice? And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice means joy again. He said Joy again always and again I say joy or joy again. Right. I mean, he is being so redundant there that it's actually almost ridiculous, but this is what Paul is saying. He's like putting this into a, a loop that won't stop. Just keep rejoicing no matter what. That's your strength, folks. But when we're talking about might, might has to come from the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Might has to come from the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of His dominion over us. It's a Spirit of mastery. So I want you to lay your Bibles aside for a minute. We're going to pray about the fear of the Lord in just a few minutes. But this is what we're doing tonight. Praise God. We're going to need might. Because, because the devil's already after us in his mind. Mm-hmm. He's already trying to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Okay? He's trying to shut it down. He's trying to get people upset. He's trying to get people angry. He's trying to get uh, people all befuddled in their minds. Listen, uh, you know, I, I've heard reports already uh, in, the, in just a few days of this week that, you know, this stuff is going on. This stuff is happening. Why? Because the devil does not like what we're doing here. But we take authority and dominion over him. Amen. Amen. Why not? He said we could crush serpents and scorpions, that we can tread upon lions and dragons, right? Come on. That's what the devil is. He is compared to animals. Why is he compared to animals? Because on page one of your Bible, it says, and you will have dominion over the fish in the sea, Mm -hmm. over the birds in the air, over the uh, creatures that walk the land, and every even creeping thing that creeps, right? Right. And so what the the Lord does is He brings us back in our understanding all the way to Genesis chapter 1 and said, I created you to have dominion over every living thing on this planet. Mm -hmm. And when the devil is described by the Lord Jesus Christ as an animal, He's letting us know you have dominion. Mm. Take it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This one might be a good prayer to stand for. Praise God. If you don't know what else to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Try to pray in some English. Lord God, oh, give me the spirit of might. Lord God, give us the spirit of might. Let the spirit of might rest in this place. Let it rest in our Jesus. Lord God, let it rest in the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is our very bodies, Lord God. Let it rest upon our minds. Let it rest upon our hearts. Let it rest in our spirit, Lord God. By the Spirit of the living God. Oh, Lord God, let it rest in our decisions. And let it rest in our will. Lord God, and let it rest. Hallelujah, in our logical process, in our mental reasoning, Lord God, let it rest in our emotions. Let might, Lord God, overarch all these things. Let the spirit of mastery and dominion, hallelujah, come upon us. Hallelujah, there is no devil in hell that can ever take us out. Because you've already taken us out, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, and you have already given your life on the cross. 
God. By the living power of God. Hallelujah. So that we can rise up and be like you with the Spirit of the Lord God. Resting upon us and resting in us. And emanating out from us, Lord God. Growing up in us, Lord God. Yes, Jesus. So, but we, last night on the, on the Fresh Fire Zoom brick and mortar session, we, uh, we gave people a homework assignment that if you have a list of proclamations, and by the way, I have these things I can print out for you if you don't have copies for yourself. Uh, Brother Good, every time he comes, he usually leaves a stack of papers. He's really good with that stuff. I'm not as good, but I do have the information, at least on electronic form. And me and Sister Amber, we can, we can get these things to you. Um, uh, Brother Kerry, yes, we can try to put, I, I have it in an electronic file, right. I can send that to you so that you'll be able to read it. Um, just, just remind me to do that, I'll do that for you, okay? And uh, so there's a lot of proclamations in here, and what we suggested last night, or, or actually the way I worded it last night, is a homework assignment uh, to take, you know, to proclaim these things over your life every day, if you have time to go through the volumes of information that have been given out. Um, but take one and just look it up in context. Mm -hmm. Read the entire psalm if it's coming out of a psalm, or the, at least the entire chapter that that particular verse is coming out of, all right? Because mm -hmm. we know a lot of verses, but often we don't know them in context. Mm -hmm. As we're going to read through the psalm here, you're going to recognize a lot of verses because they're popular in, in, in our preaching, okay? You're going you're gonna to recognize a lot of verses that a lot of ministers have preached and taught out of. But a lot of times, forgive me, I got these glasses. These are trifocals or, or transition because uh, it helped me read. But uh, now my eyes, I guess, are still changing, so I have to take them off again to be able to read. But it's all right. Thank God I can still read. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I thank God that I can, I can read. And I will keep reading this word until the day that I am not able to. In the name of Jesus. Amen. But it says even the beginning of this, it says this is a psalm of David. And it says he wrote this, or it was about the time, or this is 
concerning the time that David started acting like an absolute crazy man. Hallelujah. That wake anybody up? Hey, come on. It's all right to every once in a while act like a crazy man. Amen. Hallelujah. David wrote a whole psalm about it. Paul says, you know, I'm a fool for Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What did Brother Good say last night? I'd rather be a fool for Christ than... How did he put it? Not a fool for the devil, but anyway. Um, I'll have to go back and listen to that again. Uh, but it was good. It was good. You know, I, hey, listen, I'd rather be a fool for Christ Amen. than a fool for the devil. Amen. Oh, I'd, be, I'd rather be a fool in Christ than a fool without Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'd, be, I'd rather be a fool in or with Christ than a fool without or out of Christ. Amen. Praise God. So he changed his behavior before Abimelech. A crazy thing is the name Abimelech means God is my father. Or, or, or my father is the king, rather. My father is king. Avimelech, father is king, or king father, okay? It could mean that too. It was probably a title of <clears throat> Philistine leaders because several of them had the name Abimelech. It was probably a title like Pharaoh. But still, it comes to us in Hebrew as my father is king. Avi, my, my father, is king. Mm. So he says, I changed my behavior before my father the king. <laughs> well, David's dad wasn't a king. It was Jesse. He wasn't a king, but he was in that kingly line, right? Mm -hmm. And we know, ultimately, the, my father who is king is the living God. He said, who drove him away, and he departed. Now, that's, that's a little scary. Does God drive any of us away? Does he drive us away? Well, when David's agenda did not line up with Abimelech's anymore, Abimelech drove him away. Uh, David was looking for a reason to leave him, and so he changed his behavior. So, you know, how do we, how do we bring that into what David's going to talk about in the song? It, he was in a position, and he's changing his, his behavior in front of a natural king, okay, so that he would literally drive him back to where he needed to be all along. And it was shortly after that incident that the battle with the Philistines happened and Saul and his sons, or most of his sons, died. And I said I wasn't going to give a long Bible lesson. I'm doing it anyway, but let's move on into the psalm itself. So now we kind of bring this into a place where he's saying, I changed my behavior before my father the king. And instead of it saying, he drove me away, if we look at that in Hebrew... It doesn't necessarily mean away from him. It means he drove me. He drove me. I, I, that makes me to think of how the Spirit drained Jesus into the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, was God punishing Jesus? No. It wasn't. He was, he was positioning Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And the devil recognized, and Jesus recognized, like we already said, he had the power to transform those stones into bread. Right. He had the power to do it. He, he refused it because it wasn't the purpose for the moment. And so when we're looking at this in Hebrew, we're not really seeing that what David is saying is that he drove him away. But that's what actually happened with the natural king of Bimelech. Mm -hmm. He drove him away. But where did he drive him to? <clears throat> he drove him back to where he needed to be, which was a place of danger, a place where he was unwanted, a place where the king wanted to kill him. Mm -hmm. Well, is God driving us into a place that is trying to kill us? He drove Jesus into the wilderness. A wilderness is a good place to die, folks. Just because we think we understand God doesn't mean we do. That's why we need, along with the spirit of might and the fear of the Lord, we also need spiritual understanding. So we can just go ahead and pray all the spirit, the sevenfold spirit of God. But he, he starts off, and we're going to recognize this right away. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When I'm being driven into the wilderness, when I'm being rejected on both hands, I'm being rejected by my king, and I'm even being rejected by the enemy king. There's no king I can, I can uh, fit under comfortably. No matter where I am, no matter what situation, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times, and this one included. Amen. See, again, when we start putting it into the context of what we're given, we find out there's a lot more depth to what is being said here. Mm 
continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Uh, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now, the reason why I'm reading this psalm is because it's a great psalm to highlight the fear of the Lord. But before we ever see anything about the fear of the Lord, what do we notice? That we're actually being delivered from our fears. But David had every reason to be afraid of where he was. He couldn't rest comfortably in Israel. He couldn't rest comfortably in, in the land of the Philistines, right? Where can, where can you go? I mean, he's got enemies on every side. And yet he's saying, Lord, deliver me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. That's going to be a theme constantly through this song. He saved or delivered out of all my troubles. Right? Jesus. And he had a lot of troubles. Amen. This is, this is the part we all love. This is the part we all know. We all, we all know most of these scriptures, actually, but this is the part that's going to be very familiar. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Can, can you understand what kind of meaning that has when, when we're thinking about where David was at this time? If the angel of the Lord was not encamping about him while he was out camped out in a wilderness or in a cave somewhere, who's, who else is going to protect him? Hey, Amen. how many guys did he have left with him after that time? Because we have the understanding that earlier he had, did have those 400 men, but how many of those 400 men went with him to the Philistines? And how many did he bring back? And how many were with him during the time where, he, how did he even get a moment of rest to be able to sit down with ink and paper and even write this psalm out? This stuff, absolutely. I mean, David did some things that we don't like. But my goodness, what a man of God who can sit in a cave somewhere or sit on a hillside somewhere when everybody's gunning for you and say, I will bless the Lord at all times because he delivers me from all my fears. But not just that, he gets rid of all my troubles. God. This guy was in the middle of trouble in God and he's, he's given God the glory for getting him out of everything. Praise you, God. And what an awesome man of God we're talking about here. The angel of the Lord is encamping around my camp. I'm out here, camped out here, and the angel of the Lord is so big that he surrounds my entire camp. Why? Because I fear him. Now we're talking about the fear of the Lord. We, we talk about the Lord delivering us from fear before we ever see the fear of the Lord invoked. Angel of the Lord encampeth about them that fear the Lord and del delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Is it even really trusting in God when you have everything? When you have all the safety, all the health, all the wealth, all the riches, all the everything. I mean, what did, what did the Lord tell David at a later time in his life? He said, I gave you wealth, I gave you power, I gave you women, and if you had wanted anything else, I would have given it to you. Why did you do this thing? Mm -hmm. Isn't it amazing that while David's out here in the wilderness, he's saying, ha ha, thank you Jesus, or thank you living God, right? Mm -hmm. And then when he, later when he has everything, he starts getting the idea, well, you know what? I put my dues in. I can just send my soldier. I'll just send Joab with the army out to fight uh, these jerks. And uh, I'm just going to sit back and relax this season. After all, I'm the king, right? And while he's relaxing, he's looking out and seeing a nice-looking lady, right? And that caused the worst trouble in his entire life. There was never a bigger problem in his life than that because it, it, it started a chain of events for the rest of his life. And that's when he had everything. And the Lord told him, I don't give any more. We often don't preach that because we don't want to preach indulgence. And we don't want our people to think, oh, we can just ask God for anything or do it. Well, in David's case, David had already proved he was a man after God's own heart. 
The Lord set him up as king in Hebrew. And then seven years later, king in Jerusalem. And, and he's sitting pretty. He's got all kinds of wives. He's got all kinds of money. He's got all kinds of power. He's got anything a man could ask for. And he still wanted more. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And when you have nothing, you praise God and trust in God. And when you have everything, you start sinning. So maybe this is the reason why the Lord doesn't give us everything. Because he knows our nature. But he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see what? How, how, how good could his meals have been out there in the wilderness? <laughs> if you're wondering, the Lord is setting up this month. That's all he's doing right here. I mean, how, how good could the meals be out in the wilderness? I mean, how many spices could he buy at the market? Now, this guy's probably out there hunting pheasant and deer, right? Maybe pulling some fish out of the streams. I don't know. I mean, how did he get fed with all those guys? I don't know. I know I'm going over the long. Come on. Can, can, can you hang on for a little while? Now he starts invoking again for us to fear the Lord. He's already acknowledged the fear of the Lord is upon him. Verse 9, oh, fear the Lord, you, his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. There's no lack. You fear the Lord. You will have everything you need. You will have all the health you need to survive. You will have all the money or, or material or possessions you need to make it through this life and minister. You will have all the relationships you need to be healthy and grow in your ministry. Everything you need to survive you will have if you will fear the Lord. You know where I'm going with this. We're gonna, in a few minutes, we're going to pray that the spirit of the fear of the Lord come upon us like never before in our life. We want this whole entire month Jesus. and yet, and, and maybe, in fact, the rest of our lives to be so full of the fear of the Lord. Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Listen, listen. If we take anything out of Psalm 34, we're going to read the rest of it. But if you take anything out of Psalm 34, take verse 11 home with you. And repeat it. But remember to not just repeat verse 11, but Read the rest of the context and then maybe go back into 1 Samuel and read the story that this came out of. Right? It's going to bless your hearts, people. As you can see, it's blessed mine. As you can see, it's exciting me just to re, 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 uh, rehearse all these things. Lions lack. I mean, isn't it amazing he talks about lions? You know, cats are like the best hunters in the world. Cats only eat meat. So if they're going to eat something, it's going to be another living creature uh -huh. that they have had to hunt down. Right? Uh -huh. I mean, I have like a little eight-week-old cat, and even she caught a mouse. Okay? They're just natural-born killers. Uh -huh. Oh, we love them when they're small, <laughs> and they can't kill us. But, yeah, uh, I, I would love to have a pet mountain lion. But the reason why I'll never in my life ever have a pet mountain lion because that thing will eat me. Right. <laughs> because it'll be big enough and powerful enough to kill me and eat me, and it would do so. Right. Why? Because it can. I just happen to have a cat small enough that it can't do it. Right. But we should never forget, those little things are natural-born killers. Mm -hmm. And if they go after a meal, especially, of course, we're talking about the ones in the wild. We're talking about lions in the wild. If they eat, it's because they've killed something. Mm -hmm. They're killers. They're the best killers in the world. And yet he said, this is their life. They don't have the option of, of, of going to the supermarket. They eat, they eat by their power. And yet he says, even they go hunger. They suffer hunger. Verse 11, I want to read it again. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. This is the word speaking to us, not just David. Come, children. Listen to what I'm saying. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. It's a promise. If we will come to him and seek his face and just humble ourselves before him, if we'll just come before him and just say, Lord God, I want it. I trust in you. I, I'm just I'm going to listen to what you're saying and I'm going to do what you're saying. He says, as a promise to us, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What is the benefits of the fear of the Lord? We're already saying it. 
angel of the Lord encamps about them that fear the Lord, right? Yes. But he also gives us everything we need. We have no want. We can look at Psalm 23 and read that one too. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But here he's adding in a whole new level. I have every reason to be afraid, but in the spirit I have every reason to fear the Lord. And when I do, I can be out in the wilderness and have everything. Man, I'm, Thank I'm you, Jesus. just belaboring the point. Let's move on. Remember verse 11. Quote it, if you will. Quote it throughout this month. Whenever the Lord will lay it upon your heart, open up Psalm 34 and go to verse number 11. Verse 12, what man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. To cut off the remembrance of them from off the earth. Remember that because we're going to look at a passage in just a second uh, that's going to tie that in. Let me read the rest here. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Second time he's saying it. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as a be of a contrite spirit. David wrote this before he wrote Psalm 51. We know this because this is when he's still in the wilderness. He's not even a king yet. It was only later when he was king that he did the wrong thing and had to write Psalm 51 as a repentance for what he had done. So we know this is beforehand, and yet he's writing the same thing. When did David actually learn about a broken-hearted, contract spirit? He learned it in the wilderness. He didn't learn it just because a prophet pointed his finger in his face and said, You're the man. He learned it before when he was in the wilderness. No, the Lord hears a broken heart, right? Come on. The, the Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and save as such as be of a contrite spirit. Many, we're going to see it for the third time, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. This is the constant theme. He keepeth all his bones. Now, this is a messianic prophecy, but again, apply it to yourself, just like in Psalm 91. His angels will take charge over thee. Yes. We'll lift you up, lest you dash your foot against them. We can, we can take that to ourselves. We know that it applies to Jesus. We know this is about Jesus. But let's apply it to us. Amen? And give glory to God because it applies to him, first of all, when he was in his earthly ministry. Praise God. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the uh, wicked. Isn't that amazing? Evil shall slay the wicked. It doesn't even say God will. It says evil will. And they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servant. Uh, the Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. As quickly as I can, I'm turning to Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. When we, when we look at Malachi chapter 3, we we'll always think about the, the tithes and offerings verse, right? Well, a man robbed God, you know, and all that. But we're not looking at that today. A lot of times we'll forget the beginning of Malachi chapter 3. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall cuddly, suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. That's a good verse. Praise God. We're his messengers. We're preparing his way. Praise God. We have the spirit of Elijah and the, of John the Baptist upon us. But look at the end of that. In verse number 16, it says, Then they that fear the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. So earlier in Psalm 34, he says, he cuts off their remembrance from the land. But the ones who are fearing him, he actually writes a book about us. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You're in a book somewhere if you're fearing God. God's written your story down, folks. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous. Discern. Now, we talked about that before. Now, you're, you're going to separate and divide and determine between the righteous and between the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth God. See, we, we need to perceive God, but we need to per discern between righteous and evil. Everybody with me? Yes. Praise God. 
We need to perceive God, but discern between good and evil. There's the difference there. So what about discernment of spirit? That's exactly why it's called discernment of spirits. Because we're discerning between the spirit of God, the spirit of the world, the spirit of the enemy, the spirit of flesh, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody with me? Mm -hmm. When we're getting knowledge from God, that's not discernment. That is perception. That is conception. That is reception. Well, it's just we're just we're just talking semantics. Yes, I am just talking English semantics, but we're talking more than that. We're talking precepts, precept upon precept. Okay, we're talking about stones that put enough together they make a foundation, and then you lay down some mortar and you lay down some more stones on top of it, and you start building this thing up. Stuff starts gelling. The fortress gets built. Going right into chapter 4, it says, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall stubble, uh, shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and he shall go forth and grow up as the calves in a stall, and he shall tread down the wicked. And they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts, remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all of Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. I'm going to tell you something with a lot of boldness here tonight. I have the spirit of Elijah upon me tonight. Thank you, Jesus. But I, more than that, I have the spirit of the Lord upon me. Hey, if Jesus can be bold enough to stand in his hometown and say, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me and has anointed me to preach, then I can stand in my hometown and say, the spirit of the Lord God has anointed me. Amen. Is upon me and has anointed me to preach while I'm yes. preaching. Amen. Amen. The name Elijah is the Lord is my God. Yep. Or God is the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yahu. God is Jehovah. So when we have the spirit of Elijah upon us, we have the spirit of God who is Jehovah. Mm. Now then that brings us into a whole new word study. Start studying Jehovah. Yahweh. Self-existent one, the great I am. Great the God, God whose name is merciful and jealous both. You know where we're going. Last thing we're going to do tonight is we're going to pray the Spirit of the Lord upon us. Praise God. You can stay seated for this if you like. If you want to stand, that's fine. But all I ask is wherever you are, you folks online too, if there's anybody of you left, Come on, let's join together with one more prayer. Let's pray the Spirit of the Lord upon us. Amen? Yes, Jesus. Praise God. Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Praise you, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Lord God, convince us. Deliver to us the word of power. Lord God, the word of life. Lord Jesus, deliver unto us, put upon us, the rest Jesus. upon us, the spirit, the sevenfold spirit of the living God, especially Jesus. the spirit of might in this, in this season. And Lord God, add to it, if you will, we humbly ask, as we Jesus. boldly come before your throne, we come in the fear of the Lord asking you, deliver unto us the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord God, as we come to you, Lord God, as we humble ourselves before you, as we seek your face, as we hearken unto you, Lord God, we are trusting in the yes, word of the Lord Jesus. that says that you will teach us the fear of the Lord. Praise you, God. Lord God, I desire to have the fear of the Lord so effectively ensconced into my being, Lord God, that I can meet in the middle of a wilderness with no hope, with everybody gunning for my life, and yet I will still be able to rise up and say, I will bless your name. Yes, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. I won't even take deliverance from the world because it's you who delivers yes, me out of my Jesus. trouble. And if you're not delivering me, I don't want it. 
Praise you, Jesus. Well, God, let me walk. Let us walk. Let us as a church yes. and as groups yes. and families, Jesus. Lord God, let us walk in the fear of the Lord tonight. Yes. Lord Jesus. God, help us to understand. Hallelujah, Lord God, that you are the king. Lord God, that you are the king and you are our father. Our heavenly father is our king and sovereign. And as such, we do not countermand your word. We do not question you with disrespect. Lord God, we come to you humbly and ask you, Lord God, teach me the fear of the Lord. Come on, let's praise him, folks. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, let's praise him, folks. Thank you, Jesus. Sunday, so we don't have to do this twice, but because everybody wasn't here on Sunday, we want to talk about this again for 